Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of John. The Gospel record of John in chapter number 15. The Gospel record of John chapter 15. We are in the last second thirds of this Sunday school series of dealing with the furtherance of the gospel. And with it, we've been understanding that in order to accomplish the great commission within our lifetimes, to accomplish the great commission the way that God wants us to go, that there is a three-pronged idea that needs to be accomplished. And that the first throng would be the idea of truth, that people need truth. People need to be told the truth. And that sometimes truth isn't fun, but we must do it truth and love. And that we spent several lessons on truth. We also understand that in order for the gospel to be accomplished, if we are to participate in the scene, the great commission accomplished, there also has to be the second throng of friendship. That we have no way for people to listen to us if we haven't developed relationships. How can we reach a world that we've never touched um, I just was working with a young lady who, uh, <laughs> who's not even in the area, but they were asking for more information. And she said, I've got a brother who's lost and I'm so concerned. How in the world can I reach with him? And, you know, <laughs> the normal standard ideas that comes from ourselves is to take a Bible and beat him over the head or take a, a big uh, place placard and, you know, says the judgment of God and then put it where he can see it or but that's not how it works. That we understand they could be warning, but that ends up pushing further away. We have to influence the people. We have to develop a relationship where they have a reason why they want to listen to us. And that carries the idea of friendship, that friendship is going to be so key. And as we come here, we've already hit three other messages dealing with friendship. Now we're going to hit the fourth one. Last week we talked about that he that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's the principle that we must show ourselves friendly. But now we come to another aspect of it. And we start in the gospel record of John. The gospel record of John chapter number 15. Gospel record of John chapter 15. Notice what it says in verse number 10. The gospel record of John chapter 15 and verse 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And what we see here is Jesus Christ has showed his loving heart. And 
he loved to take total strangers and make them his friends. And they came, because they became his friends, they came to share his purpose and his passion. They developed his goals and carried out his will and his plan and his mission on this world. So in here, Jesus is taking these disciples. He's getting ready. Within 24 hours, he's going to be dead at the cross. He's taking his disciples and he's trying to explain to them that I've taken you and now you become my friends. Now I'm teaching you so you can have my heart and carry on what needs to be done in the world. This mission that I have planned here for you. And in here, we see a semblance here as Jesus is talking about friendship. We start to see something about how precious friendship really is. Friendship is a very precious thing. And friendship is actually something that God sent. How many times is it a friend that God had sent in our path to help us through some troubling times, through a heartbreak? And we had a friend that was able to carry us through a friend that was able to speak to us and give us the encouraging words to keep us to go. God provides these friendships. But we also notice something else. Notice with me in the, in the book of James chapter 4. James is towards the end of the Bible. So you find the book of Hebrews and the very next book is the book of James. Or if you go backwards, Revelation, <coughs> Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John, 2 Peter, 1 Peter. James, and then Hebrews. So the book of James. And so we see something here about the Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel record of John, that friendship was something precious, something special. And they developed his heart. It was something special. And we understand that the Bible speaks quite a bit about friendship. But I want to bring you to something that may be shocking. There's something that we need to be reminded of if we're going to desire to be friends with God. Notice with me in the book of James chapter number 4. The book of James in chapter number 4. And I want you to see this passage. James chapter 4 and verse number 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust... And have not. Ye kill and desire to have more. <coughs> uh, desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war and you have not. Because you ask not. Ye ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss. And that you may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that friendship with the world. Is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world will be the enemy of God. Now, notice this. This is something that a lot of people don't understand. We know that friendship begins with God, and the truest friendship must begin with the Lord. But as we see here, there's actually a choice that has to be made on who's going to be your friend. The idea of the world here is not the people, but it's carrying the idea of the world system, dealing with its gold and its finances, its money, all of those things. And the Bible says, here's your choice. You can choose to be friends with the world, but to make a choice to be a friend with the world makes you the enemy of God. You say, how does that work out? Well, the thing is, is that God has a plan that he wants to get accomplished. 
And if you choose to instead of go alongside with him with his plan, and instead you love the world and its system, its entertainment and whatnot, you get in the way of what God wants to get accomplished. And just by the fact that you're in the way makes you the enemy. It's not that I've decided to follow uh, Satan. It's the idea that I decided not to choose to follow after Christ. I choose just to enjoy my life, to enjoy Hollywood, to enjoy this, to do what I want. And you get in the way from what God's trying to get accomplished. What is God trying to get accomplished? He's not willing that any shall perish, but all shall come to repentance. He's given us the task that we're to preach the gospel to every creature. And if we get in the way of that plan, we're his enemy by default because we're in the way. We're not helping him get things accomplished. In fact, we're hindering from what he's trying to get accomplished. So the choice becomes, we become the friend of the world or the friend of Christ. You cannot serve two masters, the Bible says, because you either hate the one and love the other. You see, you can't love both. Someone said that the only thing that you get when you ride the fence is torn britches. You have to make a choice. And it's a commitment either way. Because you understand that Jesus and the world are going two different directions. You can only go one direction. You either follow after Christ or you don't. And so... The Bible here speaks about that if we're going to see the world get accomplished, it's going to happen as we become friends with Christ. As we become friends with Christ, we begin to get his heart. We begin to get his mission. His mission becomes our mission. His work becomes our work. His desires, his passions becomes our desires, our passions. His love becomes our love. That's what happens when we choose to follow after Christ. But we understand when we talk about these friendships, that friendships below start with God. He's the one that grants these. Notice if you don't mind, and let's discuss some things that the Bible says about friendship. The first thing I want to bring to your attention is the Lord Jesus and friendship. Notice with me in the gospel record of Mark chapter 3. The gospel record of Mark chapter 3. <clears throat> let's see about the Lord Jesus and friendship. <clears throat> Notice with me in the gospel record of Mark chapter number 3. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the gospel record of Mark chapter 3. And I, as this text is going on, Jesus Christ is at the beginning of his earthly ministry and he's calling the disciples unto himself. Notice with me in Mark chapter 3, and notice with me, and starting in verse number 13. And he, that's Jesus, goeth up into a mountain, and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. Verse 14. And he, Jesus, ordained, that carries the idea, cho chose, he brought, he ordained twelve that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach. Now some of you know the answer, but let's see some of the other ones. According to verse 14, why did Jesus Christ ordain the 12? Any, what was that? To be, to be with him. Good. We're starting to learn this. Some people will wrongly say that he chose them to preach the gospel. That is not correct. He chose them to be with 
him. Because until you've been with him, you have nothing to preach. You have nothing to say. In fact, until you've been with him, you don't have his heart. How do you develop someone's heart? By being with them. You start to see what they like, what they don't like. You can't learn that from afar. It's something you have to learn by being close and intimate. And Jesus' first desire for every Christian is the desire for you to be with him. He desires that for everyone. He wants you to be close to him. Jesus wants friends. He wants you to be close. All of God's children have been called to follow their Lord. This matter of friendship is especially for all of God's people that the Lord speaks out. He wants his intimate relationship and he wants people to follow after him to become his disciples. Remember, there's a difference between being someone who's saved and someone who's made a decision to follow after Christ. You can be saved and not following after Christ. That's not automatic. It is a choice that you have to make. I choose to follow him. I choose to be with him. By the way, if you're not being with him, you're not following after Christ. This is so important. You have to be with him. You say, well, how am I with him? Reading your Bible and praying. When we read our Bible, He's speaking to us. When we pray, we speak to him. You must have this relationship. And by the way, the more that you're in the Bible, and the more that you're prayer, the more you start to develop his heart. You start to see what he likes. You start to see what's important to him. And these other things will fade away. But the thing is to be with him. Notice something else as we turn to the book of Proverbs. Remember, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And it gives a practical idea of living this life here on this earth. And you would be surprised about how much the Bible says about being friends. How much the book of Proverbs speaks about our friendship. The next thing I want to show you is the link between friendship and family. The link between friendship and family. We started with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the first friendship we need to cultivate and work with, to be with him. But we also understand that God also allows friendships in our life to be a help not only to us, but to our families. Notice with me, if you don't mind, Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27. And notice with me in verse number 10. Proverbs 27 and verse 10. Thine own friend... And thy father's friend forsake not. Neither go thy into thy father's house in the day of calamity. For better is a neighbor that is near than a brother afar off. So what we see here <laughs> is this principle here of having family friends. Do you understand that we don't raise kids by ourselves? But we have others' friendship that help influence and encourage our, our children and our as we have these friendships. And we have to work with them. And our kids, by the way, watch us. And what they learn from us is quite a bit. For example, if I have a friend that I call a friend, and when my friend's not there, I begin to gossip and speak bad about them at home with my kids present, you know what they learn? There's no such thing as true friendship. If I could talk bad about the friend, then what's going to happen is that they're not going to trust the friend. And they're going to learn by my example that they can't trust anyone. 
And they're going to miss out on these opportunities of having people available to help us. Why is friendship so important? Well, we've covered it before. But one of the things that is necessary in a friendship is for a friend to love us so much that they could tell us when we need help. Point something out that we may not notice in ourselves. That's what a true friend is able to do, to be able to speak the truth in love. If you don't have a friend that's able to tell you the truth, then you don't have a friend. You have acquaintances and you have people that pat you on the back, but that's not friendship. But the principle here is that we should be having friends that not only help us, but they will also be a help to our family. And the Bible, notice what it says at the beginning of verse 27, again, uh, verse 10. Uh, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. So you need to have your friendships, but those family friends could be a great influence and a help to go alongside with us to encourage our family. What are children to learn by this? They're to learn by the examples given to them by their mothers and fathers. They have witnessed their father and his friends, and they've seen the way that the father treats his friends. There's a connection between family and friendship. A faithful friendship has a tremendous influence on the second and third generations. Those friends in our life can be such a help. Now with this, let's turn to the book of Proverbs even more, and we're going to rapid fire hit some of these things. Let's hit these lessons learned in friendship. And there are tons of Proverbs that speaks about these friendships. Now what we're trying to do is trying to be an encouragement to you that we understand that there's a difference between showing ourselves friendly, which is the first step, not only showing ourselves friendly, but having true friendships. And that we have to learn how to be good friends and develop these friendships. Notice these life lessons. Let's start with Proverbs 17, 17. Proverbs 17, 17. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Notice what we see. A friend loveth at all times. What do we learn? Friendship is for all times. Meaning that if you're true friends with them, that even when bad times hit, you're not going to abandon them. You're going to be with them. We all have seen and been to the places where when hard times hit, all of a sudden everybody takes off. Well, a true friend is going to stick with them even in the hard times. Say, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be an encouragement. I know that you're struggling right now, but I want to let you know, I want to be helped. The book of Galatians speaks about this, that it says in Galatians 6.1, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one. Normally when someone falls or someone's having a bad time, everyone gets in line to help kick. They want to kick the person that's down and they want to heap unto it. But the Bible says we should be there to help restore them. Now, maybe it's not that they fall into sin. Maybe it's the idea that they fall into hard times, financial, health, whatever else. Just not abandoning them at the time, but to try to be with them and say, I want to help you. I want to be an encouragement because I love you. I want to help you through this time. That's the idea of, of a true friendship. Notice at the end of verse 17, uh, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Now we understand that our our family, oh, they love to provoke. I have three kids, one of each, and they like to provoke. They like to uh, find ways to poke, poke, poke. 
and they revel in that. You probably remember your brothers and sisters growing up too. There's that adversity that you have growing up. You can be the best of friends, but also the worst of enemies. They're, they're, they're looking for those opportunities to provoke. But what a friend does is a friend looks for adversity as times to get closer. They take advantage of that. You know, if two people are working together through a hard time, there becomes a closer bond. There's something to that. Friendship is not looking for the ideas of hurting people. It's looking for the idea of helping people. And the best time you could be a friend is when people are hurting. And you'll come out of it closer than ever before. Notice as we go on, we can see some other principles. Notice book of Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Again, the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, has quite a bit to say about friendship. We're just going to highlight a couple different things. Just showing some life lessons dealing with the idea of friendship. Notice with me Proverbs 18. Notice with me in verse 24. Proverbs 18 and notice with verse 24. We kind of covered this last week, but we'll cover it again because it deals with the idea of friendship. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. It's amazing to have a teenager come up and say, I'm so lonely, I don't have any friends. You know what the answer is? Go show yourself friendly. Go talk to someone. Go say hello to them. Go break out of you. That It's necessary. We spoke about the idea last week that this is something... Normally people are so self-centered, selfish, that they just look at themselves that it's hard for them to step out. Because they're not worried about, (laughs) they're more worried about what people are going to think about them, so I'm not going to try. But the Bible says that if you're going to have friends, you have to step out on purpose to expose yourself, to put yourself out there. A friend that hath friends must show himself friendly, but notice this, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Here it shows that our best friend is in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He sticketh closer to the brother. By the way, if Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer to the brother, how are we going to become friends with him? We must show ourselves friendly. Some people say, well, I'm not close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, have you showed yourself friendly to him? Have you gone up to him and said, hey, Jesus, I want to talk to you more. I want to get closer to you. Remember, you're always as close to the Lord as you want to be. And you could always get closer if you want to be. But how do you do that? You show yourself friendly. If I want to know the Lord more, guess what? I'm going to read my Bible and pray more. I'm going to be obedient more. If I want to show myself friendly, if I want to be him, I have to be willing to allow him to be with me. As I go through those hard times. Rather than push them away and say leave me alone. I have to show myself friendly. Notice something else that we learn here. The book of Proverbs chapter 22. Again we're just rapid fire. Just hitting some of these principles here. We could take each one of these and just hit a big message. But we're just hitting rapid fire. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. And notice with me in verse 24. Proverbs 22 and verse 24. Proud and haughty scorner. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm in the wrong chapter. Proverbs 22, 24. Make no friendship with an angry man. 
and with a furious man thou shall not go. Notice this is a clear principle. You know, there are angry people out there. And you know what an angry person is going to end up doing? Taking out their anger on their closest friends. Hurting people hurt people. And so, you know, if someone is angry all the time, then you need to be careful being a friends. You are headed to a place where they're going to lash out and they're going to take out their thing. Notice the follow-up here. It says, and with a furious man, thou shall not go. The idea of a furious carries the idea that they are prepared for anger. It's been building up and they're ready to explode. There are many people in jail today because they went with a furious man. So here's a furious man who's determined in rage and he's going to do something stupid. Get in the car, come on! And they go and the one man does something stupid and the guy traveling along with him got caught up with it. The Bible is giving a warning here that if there's someone that has an anger problem, you need to be careful with your friendship with him. That's just a practical advice type thing. Because hurting people are going to hurt people. You're, you're putting yourself in a place where you're going to get lashed out and hurt of. You need to be careful. The Bible says, make no friendship with an angry man. Notice if we, don't, uh, we go on, the book of Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27. Again, so many principles that we find here. Proverbs uh, 27, notice with me in verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, normally we don't think of wounds as a big deal or as a wonderful thing. You know, hey, today I want to get wounded. But it's carrying the idea that a friend is going because he loves you, is going to tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. We know that. But sometimes because they love you, they're going to point out something. We all have things in our life that we can't see in ourselves, but others see clearly. All of us. We all have blind spots. There are things that we cannot see in ourselves. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's the way we deal with something. Maybe it's uh, <clears throat> another situation. But we all have things we're blinded. Maybe it's the idea of pride. We don't realize how prideful we are. Maybe it's the idea that we have, uh, um, we're treating someone wrong. And we don't realize it. We were blinded to it. But a faithful friend who loves us is going to tell us the truth. Even if it's something we don't want to hear. A friend, a quote-unquote friend who will not tell you the truth is not a friend at all. There's someone who is fake. Notice as it goes on as it gives the reverse of that. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Here's the opposite of that. That a friend who will not tell the truth is deceitful. This is, of course, a prophecy of, the, of Judas Iscariot who used the friendship with Jesus to betray him, to sell him out. Why was Judas the one picked? Because he was part of Jesus' 12. And he had the ability to go to Jesus. He had the ability to get so close to kiss Jesus. Now, could a Roman soldier do that? Hey, Jesus, let me come up and give him a kiss. 
No, because he didn't have that friendship. He didn't have that intimacy. He didn't have that permission to be close. Judas used his friendship deceptively. A friend who will lie, and I'm using that word on purpose, lie to a friend because I don't want to hurt them is not a friend. Now, we all do that, but let me tell you, that's deceitful. We have to be honest. Now, you speak the truth in love, but we need to be truthful and honest with them. Am I doing this right? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're fine. Oh, man, they're headed to disaster. We've hurt them more because we're not being honest with them. Now, by the way, we have to be a type of friend that is able to receive rebuke. If you are not rebukable, you're not a good friend. You're not allowing God to use these friendships to help you in our life. This is what God does. is He allows us to have friends that love us enough to tell us the truth. Even if it's something we don't want to hear. But because they love us, they tell us. Rather than us go on. It's like um, we've all been here. That you had green in your teeth. And you went around all day. Everyone stared at you. But no one said a thing. You know, it wasn't fun to hear, but it would be nice if someone said, hey, you know what, something in your teeth. That way you could get it out instead of walking all day and everybody staring. Can you believe that person? Does we make that sense? If we have blind spots in our life, we don't want to go around. You know, there's the, um, in the gospel records, it speaks about that before you pull out a sliver out of someone, you need to pull the beam out of your eye. What that's carrying the idea is the guy doesn't see the beam in his own eye. It's obvious to everyone else. If you had like a big old beam in your eye, don't you think you could see it in someone else? But for some reason, it's a blind spot. They don't see that I have this. And so because we love them, we're going to point out things that they may not see in themselves. You know, we have to take that. Sometimes we'll just say, oh, they know that what they're doing is wrong. They may not. Oh, man, they may... You see how they treat them? Oh, they, they know they're doing it. They may not realize that they're treating someone awful. Does that make sense? We all have blind spots. A friend is going to be someone who tells us the truth. And not spare our feelings. Not speaking the truth in love. Not being mean about it. But because they love us, they're going to say, this is something that needs to be fixed. Something that needs to be adjusted. Notice as we go on. Again, the Bible says quite a bit about friendship. Notice with me Proverbs 27. And notice with me verses 9 and 10. Proverbs 27, 9 and 10. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth a sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Neither go to thy father's house in the day of calamity, for better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. Notice this. Friendship keeps a sweet spirit. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. You know, there's something about <laughs> not being a grumpy person around others. We all know those people who are so grumpy, it's almost having the cartoon rain cloud follow after them. That when they move, that rain cloud falls. We all know those people that when they walk into the room, the whole tenor changes. The whole mood changes. The whole thing's storm cloud. 
Well, there's something about a sweetness of a friend who's going to be the encouraging. Again, we're not talking about fakeness. We're still talking about someone who loves us to tell the truth and love. But someone that's going to be encouraging. Someone that's going to say, you know what? I believe in you. I believe in you. Let me help you through this. Let me tell you, you're still worth something. You're not worthless. You're going to get through here. Let me help you. They keep this sweet spirit. Of course, we've also hit uh, verse number 10. That friendship keeps family friends as much as possible. That's something in there. You know, we should cultivate good friends who are going to help us. And that are going to be good examples of friendship for our kids. You understand how important it is to have friendships that our kids can model after. That they could see what a friend is like. Most kids don't understand what true friendship is like. They just want to be accepted. And so because they want to be accepted. They could be talked into doing foolish things. In order to feel accepted. But if they see you know what I have a friendship. That my friend is going to tell me the truth. I want that type of thing. Because I want to be the best person I possibly can. I see how my parents treat my friends and how, how they treat their friends. And I want that friendship there. We should be the model and example that our kids follow after. If you're at the place where you don't trust everyone, what are your kids going to learn? Not to trust everyone. If you are a person who won't step out to become friends, then is your kids going to have friends? No. You understand they're the example. They're, we're the example. They're watching us. And so we need to be conscious of it that they are learning what friendship is like based off of our relationships. Notice as it goes on in 27 verse 14. 27 verse 14. He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice rising up early in the morning, it should be counted a curse to him. <laughs> so here, here's the thing. It's 5 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, depending on what time you wake up. The friend goes, hey man, what you doing? Are you still sleeping? Man, it's going to be a great day. It does not matter how cheery that voice is. At 4 o'clock in the morning in a dead of sleep, it is a curse. All right? Well, the principle we have here is that a friend is going to use discretion. A friend's going to use discretion, propriety. There's going to be wisdom in how he deals things. He's, not, he's going to be appropriate or she is going to be appropriate. All right? So <laughs> you're in the middle of getting something at a restaurant. You're sitting down, eating with your friends, and across the restaurant, Hey, how you doing? Hey, who are you with? Oh, man, shut up. Please stop. You understand? A true friend is going to be wise about how they speak when they talk. Now, I'm not just talking about loudness. Sometimes subject matter. All right? So you have a friend that you're trying to work with or something you go through. And the, a friend comes up and begins to just open up mouth and just spilling everything. And you're like, oh, please stop. Stop. We need to be wise about how we say things and who we're around. Be conscious of what we're saying and who we're saying it to. Because we know how easily words can hurt. There's the old adage, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's a lie. And we know it's a lie. Sometimes 
We could say things inadvertently. We may not even be talking to this person, but say it to someone else. And it hurts that person because of what we say and how we say it. So the idea here that friendship is going to have propriety and discretion. We're going to be wise about what we say, who we say it to, and when we say it. Again, my pastor, I enjoyed it of him, but he was an early bird, and he had a beautiful singing voice. But he would call me and everyone five o'clock in the morning on their birthday and not even say hello. He'll just, as soon as you pick up, happy birthday. And it's a beautiful voice. But at five o'clock in the morning, wasn't what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear the logs being solved until my alarm went off. <clears throat> All right, so it doesn't matter what the well intention is. You need to be discretion, propriety. Call them at nine o'clock. Hopefully they'll be up by then. <laughs> be wise about it. But notice this also in verse number 17. So Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. True friendship will make you better. Someone said this. I can tell the person you're going to become by the books you read and the people you're friends with. Because you will, your friends are going to influence who you are, your personality, your desires. They're going to influence that. A true friend is going to make you a better person. So let's take a pause there. Think about who your friend is. So I said, who's your friend? You come up with a name immediately. I hope that you could at least come up with some name. Then ask yourself, am I a better person because of the relationship that I have that person? We all have people. I was a young preacher boy when I got married, and I had a friend that I didn't realize affected me, that I would automatically digress to a more sophomoric, you guys said, pastor, sophomore, oh yeah, practical jokes, everything, whenever he was around. He would go to the idea that he would come and see me somewhere from the other side of the store, and he'd go, Scotty! And I would, in the middle of the store, run! And, you know, I'm supposed to be dignified and stuff. And all of a sudden, I act like a little kid. My wife finally said, you know, you change your personality every time he's around. You probably need to be careful of that friend. She was helping me out. She was trying to say, you know what? There's something that changes when you're around him. We should take stock. Does your friend make you a better person? Is it helping you get closer to the Lord? Or you become a different person. You become a worse person because you're around that person. Now remember, the best friend you can have is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more that you're around Jesus, the more that people take note, he's been with Jesus. Isn't that a great testimony? I could tell Jesus is his friend. He spent a lot of time with Jesus. He's acting like him now. But the friendships that you develop, sometimes it may be your discipler. If you are going to become a discipler one day, realize that you need to become the type of friend that's going to help them become a good person, better person. For someone who is being discipled, your discipler is trying to be your friend and trying to help you become a good person. Try to follow these things, sharpening iron. We all need good Christian friends who help us. You know, believe it or not, it may shock you, but there are going to be times you don't want to read your Bible. But if you have a good friend who loves you enough to come up and say, you know what? How's your Bible reading? 
Well, you know, that's a help, not a hurt. To encourage you, to keep you. You know what? Let's go forward together. Come on, let's go. Someone that's going to walk beside you and help you to get close to the Lord. That may challenge you, sharpen you. You know, when you sharpen iron, I don't know if you've done, uh, ever sharpened a knife. You, right? So you have a wedding wheel. <laughs> and you take the knife and the wheel begins to turn and you begin to sharpen the knife. What comes out of that knife? Sparks. You know what happens? In order to make that knife sharp, you have to apply friction. You know what? Friction is necessary to have someone to help you out, to tell you what needs to be fixed, challenge you. If you are never challenged in your beliefs, never challenged in your goals, never challenged, you're never going to grow. You need to be challenged. And sometimes there's going to be some friction. That friction's not bad, it's good. Sometimes there's going to be some sparks. But if the end makes you sharper, isn't that worth it? To be able to love you enough to help you out. So what we see here in the book of Proverbs is quite a few, and we didn't touch them all, we just touched some of them, speaking with some of the principles of friendship. Because we want to be good enough friends that we are helping others. We don't want to be the baggage that everyone keeps trying to drag. We want to be the type of people that people are better because they're around us. That's the type of people we ought to be as we get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we make people better around us, then we're also going to help those around us who are not saved to be able to bring them to the Lord. They're looking for someone that's going to help them become better. People are looking for that type of thing. So with this, we could see some things dealing with the idea of developing friendship. It's one thing to show yourself friendly. It's another thing to develop the ability to become friends, developing the friendships that you have. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you. Thank you.